The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Do it using promo code RTRS to support the pod. And brought to you by Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process at BriggsAuction.com. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at BigBarker.com slash Ricky. And Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, the NBA sends a memo to all 30 teams. Uh-oh about the behavior of Aaron Goodwin and Dame Lillard. The NBA goes memo mode. Dun, dun, dun. And then we have finally hit that point in the off season. Yes, it is a mailbag and voicemail pod. Sorry, we gave up. Which means, of course, we are returning to the airplane bathroom scenarios. We did get a good voicemail about that. Kinetic skateboarding. Man, I got, I got fucking crushed by Kinetic this week. Went and bought... Ben from Kinetic sent me a text. He was like, hey, this collabo right up your alley. And I went there to the website, to kineticskateboarding.com, a Guns N' Roses and Primitive Skateboarding collabo and two t-shirts. Bought them right, right away. I did not buy this skate deck because I'm not a skateboarder, but I am a poser. So I will buy skateboard gear. I just will not skateboard. If you want to be a poser, go to kineticskateboarding.com. Tons of great gear, honestly. And most people are not even going to know it's skateboard gear if you're not a skateboarder. They'll never know. They have no idea. T-shirts, hoodies, uh, shorts, sneakers that you're not going to find anywhere else. Use code Dave Silver for 9.1% off your first order. And the basketball tournament this week in its 10th year returns to Philadelphia for the semifinals. August 2nd and 3rd at Drexel. We have a ticket deal for you. That's right. We have a ticket deal. Also, the dunk contest is going to be in Philly as well. TBT, great off-season basketball content. Go to thetournament.com slash TBT slash BOGO and use code TBT BOGO for buy one, get one free tickets. JP Tokido had a game winner the other day. Oh, he did? Yeah. Uh, Tokido is playing Casper Ware is playing Earl Clark the real Ricky Sanchez T-Rob is playing as well and to get buy one get one free tickets all you have to do is go to this very simple website thetournament.com slash TBT slash BOGO and then once you're there use code this makes me laugh every time use code TBT BOGO for buy one get one free tickets do it have fun without any further ado Amos and the Chef Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has predicted that Gabe Vincent will be better than Dame Lillard in three years, at least 50% chance. That is one Mike Levin. Yeah, I was just asking the question. 
Just asking questions. It happens quick for small, older guards. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And so if he wants to go to Miami and, you know, become friggin' old Dion Waiters, then Pat Riley's welcome to that. (laughs) Old, washed, friggin' oil hair, (laughs) friggin' dick, (laughs) demon, won't die. Oh, no. Oh, no. By the way, I love CJ. We all love CJ. I have to say, he cut up the clip, as I asked him to, of you asking questions, just asking questions, doing your own research. CJ looking pensively. and (laughs) Well, you had a great line in there in your rant, and he didn't include it in the video because you said it's Dame time and it's going to become father time or something at some point it was a great it, i i think cj saving me from a pretty corny line i'm, I'm, I'm happy oh, no. i'm happy to i'm happy to <laughs> that's the best happy. line saving me for myself sometimes it was the best line all right actually before we get to the actually where is it before we get to the dame lillard um the dame lillard uh memo here we go we got a voicemail about dame lillard and about your gabe vincent thing so 833 lickface is the number Mike, Mike and CJ, what is good? This is Bryce calling from Niagara Falls. So I'm listening to the pod and I just heard uh, Mike uh, basically saying that Gabe Vincent basically is, has a 50-50 chance of being better than uh, Dame Lillard in about three, four years. I'm going to raise you guys one more. What's the odds that Dame Lillard is better than Tyrese Maxey next year? Right. Because Maxi taking on a bigger role. I feel like he is on the trajectory of becoming a star. And uh, I wouldn't understand why the Sixers would want to trade Tyrese Maxi for Dame Lillard. And then also, uh, just to add to that, do you guys feel like Daryl Morey is a little bit too hung up on acquiring another star as opposed to surrounding Embiid and Maxi with more suitable role players? Because that's what the team was missing, right? Was 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 more was better players, more good players. We, had, we need more good players, not another star to replace James Harden. Just my thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, thank you. Let me. I'm curious what your answer is. There is a zero percent chance that Tyrese Maxey is better than Damian Lillard next year. There's oh, no I don't. Chance. I don't agree with that. Oh, you're I don't crazy. Think, I don't think zero. I don't. I don't think it's high. Three, two. Yeah, maybe maybe eight. Okay. Mm. Because Maxi has improved each season, and and Dame is going to be is get is he is going to take a step back at some point soon. It might not be next year. I don't think it's going. I don't think he's going to be bad next year. Although you know, you look at friggin' Trey Turner, and sometimes you go to you get traded to a new team or sign with a new team, and it takes a second to be league replacement level. <laughs> Second or uh, three quarters of a season, yeah, something like that. Comes first, yeah. Um, so I, it's going to happen eventually, and Maxi is going to keep getting better. Um, so I don't think it's zero. I would give it eight. They do need another star. I'm sorry, they just do. I I I, I do not think that Maxi is even. Regardless, I think even in the normal to win a championship, even in the even in his improvement curve, I don't think he is there and yes i think and and by the way Embiid is not the sort of player on offense that makes other players 
like particularly better. I think he creates opportunity for other players. They do need another star level player to is, win a championship. Is the is the like kind of player that makes other players better? Is that and that's the thing that people say. Is that just like being a good passer? Is that like pretty much a majority of what that entails? Guy who makes other players better? Well, I think that I think there's two ways you could look at it. I think you could look at it in that way. And it's not just, I, I think when you're saying better passer, you're meaning court vision, blah, 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 like those sorts of things. But I also think that there is something sort of like, um, there is something like emotionally to a player that raises the level of other players because sure. of how they compete. And I think there's those two things, but I don't think Joel does either of them. I think, I think what you could say positively about Joel is that on defense, he is able for other players to yep. hide. I think he probably made Ben Simmons a better defensive player because Ben had his support at the rim. That's fair. But I do think that there is sort of like an, a, uh, a do players come here and, and improve because they're playing with Embiid? And I don't think the answer to that is yes. Well, they do have to deal with the Philadelphia curse of forgetting how to do one tangible thing that they used sure. to be able to do. And that's not Embiid's fault. That's and that's fault. not Embiid's fault. Arguably yeah. it's our fault. Um, yeah. I just think though, the way I've, it's a, it's a phrase that people say a lot, make other players better. And I think, I think the intangible part of it, of like being a good teammate, being a good leader, that kind of shit um is is part of it but also I, th I think a majority of that is being a good being a good passer as a as a as a basketball player maybe in other sports it's different but i would say it, well they need that too a, they need that yeah too. for sure yeah I, I i don't disagree that they need a a sort of a sort of star i don't think like surrounding you know Embiid and maxi with like several you know i was take take the uh the clippers package whether it's, you know, they keep reportedly not putting Terrence Mann in the deal, which is, which is ridiculous. If you really, if you want James Harden and your, your hang up is Terrence Mann, who is, who I like, like, I like Terrence Mann. He is a worse player than Bruce Brown, but he's my kind of player. He's also 20, he's gonna be 27 at the beginning of this year. He's not like a kid. But don't you think on some level from a negotiating perspective, sometimes sure. you draw lines in front of things. Absolutely. They, yeah, okay. absolutely. But if they're to be taking at their word that they want, they want James Harden and they want James Harden in a way that doesn't make them have to trade Terrence Mann. I think that's pretty ridiculous. Um, it, the, the Clippers package is the role player package. If you're thinking about trading Harden, I, I don't need Harden to be traded for another like equivalent star, whether you know, if that's like a Zach Levine or something like that, I, I think it's unlikely that I think it's unlikely that the Sixers could get a star level return for either or both or some three team deal that ends in the Sixers trading Harden and Tobias. But I just need one of Harden and Tobias to go for um, a player in between Maxi and Embiid, a wing type player that can get their own shot. Who is and isn't worst? a zero on the defensive end, and that's why that's why I be, that's why I look at Siakam, that's okay. why I look at DeRozan. But Siakam's um, a star level player. I think he's like sub. He's not. I mean, he's not superstar, but he's star level, right? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. then yes, we can quibble with the definition and distinction there, but yeah, I think I, I think if you traded them for all you know Batum's and Covingtons and stuff, then that then you'd come up short and your ceiling would be lower. But if you can give me some especially if Daryl wants it to be expiring, like 
one of those two guys and there's other guys around the league that are that are not expiring or or whatever i, I don't think any of the knicks guys like you know julius randall i don't think he quite does it for me um but you look around and you find those types of players that could be possible in a Harden and or tobias return um that that then you can trade the other one for those role players that are hopefully two-way role players and i, and I just think like we have not i i need to hope if if i'm to believe in the sixers at all and to keep mentally um, staying attached to this franchise, I have to believe a that Maxie's going to get better and conti- continue improving, mm-hmm. um, especially as a lead guard. Uh, I love him. I think he's been great. He's gotten so much better. He's been way more than they deserve him to be already. And that Embiid, with a coach that is not playing with the 1978 rules of basketball. Uh, playbook has a little bit more juice and creativity um, and spontaneity to what the offense can look like. I have to believe those, those things are possible. And so if you, if those are givens that Nick nurse is going to make Joel a more, you know, doc doc, I think Joel himself and then doc also made Joel a a regular season force that he can get like steady. These are his spots. He's going to do it from these spots type thing. I think Nick Nurse has the ability to lift that in a playoff atmosphere when he is um, just making the other team think a little bit more and make it hard on them. We'll be they'll be on their back foot rather than us. You know how how it feels. The Sixers playoffs for years have just felt like, with the exception of that one Toronto series, that the Sixers are on their back foot all the time and just trying to react. And like the other team is aggressively like hunting us, and we're just sort of like ah. Please, anyone hit a shot. It feels like a miracle if someone hits a shot or makes a play. So I'm hoping that that's not the case this season. Who knows? But if if you believe in those two things, maxi improvement and bead spontaneity with with help from Nick Nurse, then you just need a couple more. You need one guy in in, the, in between those that can that can get his own shot and be a little bit big and not be a zero defensively, and role players that are athletic and fast. So you, I think you I think you could get that in a Harden Harden Tobias slash pj type trade and and by the way the make the other players better thing is the one specific thing that maxi absolutely has to get better at like sure. it, his his um creating for others i think is the and passing and blah 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 like he has from a scoring perspective he has improved in ways that i'd i would have never believed at all but from the lead guard perspective that is where his that I think we need to see the most growth over the next couple of years. But I think also like, you know, a thing that's not Pat, like make the other players better. Maxi like taking off in transition and the Sixers having a, you know, heads up outlet pass type mindset that all of a sudden makes guys look good because Maxi's sure. taking off, beating the defense, like that kind of thing. Those are, those are separate type type thing. I think just like the Sixers being, I've been on this for so long that it's cartoonish. And the Sixers have rewarded me by by continuing to be a cartoon. They just so are so slow and so unathletic for, have been for so long. And if they can, if they're going to trade James Harden or get rid of him in whatever way, they need to get at least faster <laughs> and more athletic. And Tobias has you know is league average at some of that stuff and below league average at some of that stuff and and PJ works his ass but like if we're going to move those three guys or some combination of those three guys they have to bring in NBA athletes not like rec league JCC like 45 year old ball 
how could they how could doing? they trade Harden and not bring in somebody more athletic? That would I be think that they could find a way. I think they could <laughs> yeah. find a way. The rights to Ricky's Edge is brought to you by Briggs Auction. Oh, there's a new one up there. The new Briggs Discovery Auction. BriggsAuction.com. B-R-I-G-G-S auction.com or in the App Store or Google Play, the Briggs Auction app. There's a new discovery auction up there that, that I'm I haven't bid on an auction in a while. I bid on something. I'm not going to tell anybody what it is because I don't want anybody outbidding me. I'm just going to say it is a lot of a lot of things. In in the one lot, it has a lot of things in it. There's also, we were talking about a varsity jacket that was up there uh, a little while ago. There's a Fort Monmouth varsity jacket up there right now in the current Briggs auction that is awesome. It's orange and black. It's wool. It's fucking really cool jacket. There is a ton of great stuff in the new Briggs auction, briggsauction.com, from art to clothing, to collectibles. There's two cars in that auction. There's auctions every week. It is fun. I love the app. I love bidding on things. I love beating people in auctions. I hate losing in auctions. Briggs Auction is the place to go. B-R-I-G-G-S auction.com. And by the way, if you want to auction stuff off, perhaps you came into an estate, this stuff, stuff was left to you. Maybe you're thinking of downsizing. You have valuable stuff. You have furniture, art, clothing, rugs, collectibles. Info at BriggsAuction.com is where you send the email to. I love checking Briggs Auction out. Really, it's like a once a week thing. Go there on Friday, see what the new auctions are. Page through them, go through the categories that I like. Bid on a couple things here and there. It's worth your time, I promise. BriggsAuction.com, that is BriggsAuction.com. The Dame Lillard memo sent by the, the league from Adam Silver says the following recent media reports stated that Damian Lillard's agent, Aaron Goodwin called multiple NBA teams to warn them against trading for Lillard because Lillard's only desired trade destination is Miami. Goodwin also made public comments indicating that Lillard would not fully perform the services called under his player contract. If traded to another team, we interviewed Goodwin and Lillard and also spoke with several NBA teams to whom Goodwin spoke. Goodwin denied stating or indicating that to any team that Lillard would refuse to play for them. Goodwin and Lillard affirmed to us that Lillard would fully perform the services called for under his player contract in any trade scenario. The relevant teams provided descriptions of their communications with Goodwin that were mostly, though not entirely, consistent with Goodwin's statements to us. We have advised Goodwin and Lillard that any future comments made privately to teams or publicly suggesting that Lillard would not fully perform the services called for under his player contract in the event of a trade will subject Lillard to discipline by the NBA. We have also advised the Players Association that any similar comments by players or their agents will be subject to discipline going forward. All this means is you can do this all you want, just do not make it public. Yeah, that's the same thing as tanking. Yeah. It's the same thing as what the Mavs did. Yeah, they, I thought it was weird that they average, they are, they added at the end of the thing. We're so serious, you guys. Yeah, yes. at the end of the memo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. The, I get, I, I get why they're doing this. It was you can't be so uh, brazen about it yeah. and brazen about it. It is uh, you can't just you can't just sign contracts and then be like, all right, I'm gonna I'm going here. I'm going here or else I'm not going to play. You can't just say that because then, you know, what's to stop teams from going like, oh, we don't, we're not paying your contract anymore. It's off the books. Right. Yeah. It just doesn't, you're not getting that money. It doesn't exist. So I, I love it, it. 
there just has to be like an understanding between between like how things go. And I don't I don't think players should have should feel like compelled to like sacrifice money for teams because they know that teams are going to do what's best for them. Players should do what's best for them. But like once a contract is signed, then you got to honor the contract. And if you don't like that, then like do one plus ones, Mm -hmm. then elect for free agency, whatever. But if you're going to sign this like massive supermax deal, you and then you still want to pick where you want to go that like you just don't get to do all of it. You can't be so obvious about it. My favorite thing about the memo was we looked at all the communication and it was mostly what Goodwin said, but not entirely. So it means that he said what they're they're mad. Yeah, he kind of said it. Yeah, it's just fucking it's unreal. And like that, it's so funny. Is like the league is like to your your point is like you might have done this once, but you if you do it again, you better not let us know about it. If you it's, do it again, we will take so many second round picks away from the Sixers. They will not have any left. <sighs> Uh, speaking of Lillard, this came from Adam, writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail, gmail.com. Dear Spike, Mike, CJ, and intern Philip, I loved Mike's Gabe Vincent, Dame Lillard take on the last pod, but I'm not even sure he realized how far he had gone. When assigning numerical ratings, he gave Dame a plus five on offense and a minus five on defense. For Gabe Vincent, it was minus one and plus one. I don't think it takes a mathematical genius to see that when you add the two numbers together, no, both no, no, players no, no. net out at zero. No, 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 no. <laughs> so you you do not you do not think no, I think equal right now. Maybe Dame's at minus four in defense, and maybe minus five is strong. <laughs> but the yeah, I mean, it's like the obviously the, that is a star level situation. If you can, the, yeah. the the plus five on offense matters more than the minus four or whatever on defense. Yeah. And then the non-basketball question from Adam, was math invented or was it discovered? It's a great question. Mike? Mm. Um, I think it was discovered and the way that uh, we talk about it was invented by people. It's a really tough question. Sort of like time. Yeah, they're just quantifying things that are real. I think math was discovered. I'm going to go with discovered. It wasn't like discovered under a rock. And it was like, yeah. here's, here's all of it. Yeah. Um, hmm. What do we want to do? Let's go to uh, the hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week came from James. Daryl is smart. He talks to the media like these guys, and they are so happy someone from the NBA talks to them and they can call him by his first name. Tough to be hard on him after that. I call everybody by their first name. We've received several communications like this. I am thankful that Daryl Morey comes on the podcast. I do not treat him any differently because he comes on the podcast. 100%. If being honest about Daryl Morey would make him not come on the podcast, I would still be honest about Daryl Morey and he would just not come on the podcast. I think it is cool that he is communicative with us and with uh, the fans in general. But I just don't believe, and this was the same with Doc Rivers, who I don't think is a good coach at all. But I did not think that the entirety of what people were blaming on him was his fault. So everyone wants to bury Daryl right now and I just don't believe the entirety of what is going on is 
at mostly his fault. He has not been perfect, but I do think he has done a good job. You know, for everyone who was having a conniption about how Doc how bad Doc Rivers was, he fucking fired Doc Rivers and hired the best available coach. So if it was all Doc Rivers, then everything should be fixed. <laughs> like what? I just don't know what you want him to do. I understand that you want like action. They would feel nice for him to be doing things. But I do understand the position that he's in. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I have no yeah. problem criticizing Daryl Moore, by the way. None. I think, I think I've been pretty hard on Daryl. I don't think anyone thinks it's all Daryl's fault or anyone thought it was all Doc's fault. Or anyone thinks it's all on B's fault. This whole organization shares blame in what got them to this point and the, uh, at least as currently constructed, perspective failures to come. Everybody is a part of this uh, pile of shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Daryl has made mistakes, and I think if if you know. Part of that part of that mistake is if he thinks that he can convince Harden to come back and that it would be good, that would be another mistake. So I'm going to keep being hard on him, even though I do call him Daryl, his first name, yeah. Well, as opposed to like you know Maury, Coach Rivers, and uh, and GM Brand. By the way, we called Doc Rivers Doc the entire time. What the fuck do you want? Do you want me to call him? Zach Lowe had, uh, had Mike Malone on the podcast. We call him coach. And I'm just like, this not, he's not coach. He's not your coach. He's not your coach. Yeah, you've, you've said that. It's, uh, so, it's so weird. I think it's so infantile. It's so strange to me. I coach basketball in Los Angeles. Coach, oh, yeah. coach, coach, Mike, Mike. Coach, Mike. I ran a one-two-one zone. Coach, Mike, pass off. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Here's a voicemail. 833 Lickface is the voicemail. Spike, Mike, CJ, and uh, especially Daryl. It's his mic, also known as Maxi Chain on the mic. Uh, Daryl, it's, you know, hope you had a nice summer vacation. Obviously, haven't been working too much. That's leaking to the media. Yeah, I heard you're playing the patience game with James. I just, I don't have any more patience, Daryl. Uh, we got to do something with this team. Gotta get rid of them. I don't know what your plan is, but you are losing me as a 76ers fan. Not as a Tyrese Maxey fan, not as a Paul Reed fan, not as much as a Joel Embiid fan, but a 76ers fan. And I went from worshiping Daryl Morey from the Sports Analytics Conference and growing up to thinking that you are probably the biggest bum who is managing. A NBA franchise. Thanks, guys. We also got a follow-up email that came at the same time as this tweet. And by the way, as this voicemail, by the way, this gentleman also tweeted us a, like a video of his email in case we didn't get it scrolling down. The important part is this. I think I need to publish something on the Daryl situation. I cannot see a path for a positive outcome with him because he fell a year behind on his job and likely outcome is that he tries to make a splash to get the 50% plus of our fan base that he set on fire over the past month will also probably be to save his job that never turns out well. Or he brings James back during a contract year. Harden has a good regular season and then we make a round two exit in a series where he has 25 turnovers. Daryl is not convinced that he can't make it work with Harden. We have watched great regular season teams choke in May for 10 straight years. I don't think he grasps the full experience. And I know he thinks he's always the smartest guy in the room, which is generally true. 
the pretentious remark he made on the pod during the winter about fans not understanding data or using it correctly really got to me because I'm a data scientist and worship Maury during the 2010s for what he brought to the NBA analytics community. Now you've angered the data scientist, Daryl. From my experience, when someone makes a defensive comment about other people not understanding data strictly because the person with a defensive posture has a position of authority, that generally means he or she is either one, doesn't have enough data to support their hypothesis, two, have the data, but it goes against his or her narrative, and three, minimize the data and insights because it makes them look less competent. I don't know if you want to give me the first shot of drafting something up, offering because of the laughs and frustration we share twice a week. If not, I am going to go to the Philly Inquirer and a sports business or financial publication next, although I'd rather round the numbers we all know. So this is a threat. Like he's going to send his manifesto to the New York Times, like like the Unabomber. What do you think of all of these comments just obliterating Daryl, who we call by his first name. Uh, I mean, I, I like the the voicemail I thought was nice. That's the tone that I we should all be approaching the offseason with, I think. Um, it's a frustrating time. He's not doing anything yet. Like, the, the offseason has been, thus far, pretty wildly unsuccessful. I think Daryl's happy that Harden opted in, rather than him walking for nothing or having to sign him to a big fat contract, but I don't think that the team is certainly anyone could say that the team is not better than last year. Right now, there's no way unless, I mean, that's a lot again on Nick nurses, uh, competent shoulders. So I think, yeah, I think Daryl's frustrated. I think Daryl's Daryl gets frustrated. He's very online. I think he, you know, the the comment about like fans not knowing, I think probably he gets frustrated by that, just like all you know, presidents and GMs and people with burner accounts and all the shit. Like they're out there wanting to respond. We had a big story about that maybe five years ago <laughs> with the guy responding when he should have been responding under different aliases. Uh, At least Daryl does it under his own alias, as far as we know. Yeah, I wouldn't under mind if name. it was more of a burner account tweeting back at me memes. Um, about backup centers that are wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's frustrating. And then it's, we are in the, we are still in the in-between of like the, the season ended in a horrible fashion and it's just been like muck for months now. And the players that are responsible for the muck, Doc is, Doc is a coach is one of them, but the players are still here and have not done or said anything or been moved in any way that would indicate that something will change. And so until something changes, people are going <laughs> to threaten Daryl. He should be prepared for that. Threaten him with a going to the Inquirer. And he's not even a writer. What, what are we talking about? <laughs> Giving us the first opportunity. The rights to Ricky Sanchez is brought to you by Big Barker, therapeutic dog beds. Care for your dog. Love your dog. Treat your dog like fucking gold, like I do. I love my dog. You love your dog, right? There is no excuse for your dog not to have a big barker. None. Zero. Shout out to Mike from Body Bio, who got a job, or got a dog, rather. He already had a job. Got a dog, now has a big barker. He knows the deal. You got to have a big barker. Why? It keeps your dog healthier. 
bigbarker.com slash Ricky, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. That's where you go to get your big Barker dog bed. You see the big Barker comes in numerous different shapes, sizes, colors, but all of them support your dog's joints to keep your dog healthier. You also get the process pup patches. If you go to that link, two of them, get two of them in the mail. When I say it keeps your dog healthier, it's been proven by PenVet, proven by PenVet. They did a study. Joint function, better. Pain severity, down. Quality of life, up. Most dog beds, bullshit. They look comfortable, but they look like pillows. You wouldn't want to sleep on a pillow. You would want to sleep on a mattress that supports your dog's joints, especially as your dog gets older. Arthritis develops arthritis, just like we do. You got to keep your dog healthier. You might say to me, Spike, you might say, this dog, dog bed is like 200 bucks. Well, there's a 10-year warranty. So how about that? Factor it out over 10 years. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. And the health of your dog, priceless priceless. A one-year at-home trial. If it doesn't work out for you, your dog doesn't like it, won't sleep on it, they will give you a full refund and pay for the shipping as well. It's handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog beds. <laughs> All right. What do we go here? Uh, 833 Lickface is the phone number. Hey, Spike, Mike, Rob, long-time listener, first-time caller. I know everybody's hung up on the James Harden burger saga, but <laughs> Really, I think we're all missing the fact is, where was this concert? Was this in a sauna? Everyone is just so sweaty, and there's so many people wearing white beaters. And you know, at the very end of the video, I can certainly say PJ looks like he is having the time of his life, but probably guarantee the next day he would not be able to pass a drug test. So you know, let's stop focusing on the hamburgers and start focusing on why were these guys so sweaty? All right. Love you guys. Bye-bye. It's a good question. I tried to think in my history, I can remember one concert, the MTV Return of the Rock tour at the Electric Factory, I believe Stained was the headliner. And I walked in and I was immediately coated with just sweat, disgusting sweat. But he's right. We need more answers about this hamburger concert. Mike, do you have any insight? No, I have none. I, I like that they're sweaty. I think that's... You could argue that that's uh, a workout. Mm. Look at how sweaty, Mike. Real sweaty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sweat. just, and, and PJ's smile at the end is so good. Yeah. It's really, really sweet. It's a well, sweet smile. That is a, that's a high smile, buddy. <laughs> that, is, that is a high smile. And look at, I mean, there is, they are glistening. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would shape. Love, yeah, I would, <laughs> I would love more answers there. I would love more answers. Now this came from Patrick writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. I got a theory that James Harden opt in and trade demand is performance. Harden is being paid under the table. Harden took a deal for less money last year and everyone assumed he was getting some shadow payment. This is basically the same thing with a cover story. It's all a misdirect. Harden at this number at this moment is value. It's also a contract that doesn't cripple the Sixers moving forward. He is showing up sans fat suit for the Sixers on opening night. And you can't tell me any different. He may leave next year and he may not, but the opt-in and trade demand is performance. Harden and Moyer acting. He's staying and playing. My question is to what end acting 
Yeah, like to what end? How does this help them if if they're not trading him anyway? People love to think that there's like three dimensional chess going on there, and, no. and, and Harden's actually pissed. They're not actually pissed at Maury because he's he loves him, and they're actually high fiving under the table. <laughs> like, what's going on? He doesn't. He's upset that he's not getting paid more. He's upset that he's not valued. He wants to go somewhere else. Yeah, it doesn't. I, it's not like the team is all in on it. They're like, okay, all right. Harden's going to act like he doesn't want to be here, and then good stuff's going to happen from then there. Then we're just going to play like normal? What, what yeah. is the what is the, the, the end goal here of yeah. that? 833 Lickface is the phone number. What up, Spike Mike and CJ? Nick from Atlanta. There's obviously been a lot of talk about Harden and Dame this offseason, and, and rightfully so. They've both requested a trade. Mike, you brought up potentially trading Harden for DeRozan spike you interjected and said, why the fuck would the bulls do that? I totally agree with you. Well, why not a three team deal? Why not? We send Harden and Tucker to the Clippers and then the Sixers get, let's say DeMar DeRozan, we get Rocco back and then throw in a mere coffee since they don't want to throw in Terrence man. And then the bulls get like whatever it is that they would want for DeMar DeRozan. There's many options. There's expiring contracts. There's Norm Powell. There's other things. Um, obviously a draft pick would be there. I think that could make sense for all parties. I'm just curious. Let's maybe try to speak that into existence. Like we did with Paul Reed. I, I would love that. And then non-basketball question. I ordered the new shirt from kinetic like a month ago and I still haven't got it. Should I follow up with them? Is this normal? Just let me know. Love the pod guys. Peace. Okay. So first thing, what you should have done was read specifically when you ordered it that said, this is a pre-order and will ship in the beginning of August. It said it in the description. It said it when you ordered it. I appreciate you for ordering it. That said, the t-shirts were printed on Friday and shipped to kinetic. So you'll have your t-shirt soon. I love this thing where we're like, I have a solution to the problem. We'll make it a three-team trade. And in this situation, the Bulls still have to take a bunch of junk they don't want. <laughs> for, well, I, I think that you are underestimating how bad of a situation the Bulls are in. Well, they, but they need something. Like, there's there's no expiring. DeMar DeRozan is expiring. So yeah. there, there's no advantage to trading him for expirings. They have no, to No, it would just something. be, it would just like, you would have to just think that, at least in my scenario, that you Harden is a better player than DeRozan. And I don't think, I think that DeRozan would just fit better here in some sense. He's also a flawed player in, this, in some of the similar ways that Harden is, but at least he's, at least he's bigger and he could theoretically play more defense. He's not a good defensive player, but he plays a little bit more. And then you could just entrust some more of the distributing to Maxi and stuff. As far as like them trading DeRozan for just like role players, I don't think that that solves it either. If they want to go like, okay, we're going to tear it down and trade them for picks and stuff. And maybe the Clippers can provide that then maybe, but um, they're certainly in the wilderness too, Chicago, but they just resigned like Vucevic. They have, they have Levine. Would you, are you, We've talked a little bit about Levine, but not too much. Are you? Would you consider yourself a Levine guy? I am a Levine guy. You are? Yeah, I like him a lot. Now, I think he is actually underrated. I think he is a... Well, he had a really bad beginning to the season, and then the last couple of months came on came on strong again. And he was recovering himself. from an injury at the beginning yeah. of the season, and that is part of the issue with him. Yeah. 
he is a, it's amazing. He's never this way against the Sixers. Usually he's never, they, they seem to have a good recipe for stopping him, but he is a incredible shooter. Mm-hmm. I think he is actually a, not a bad passer at all. I, I don't think he's not no, he's like a, better. He's not like a black hole. And now he, but he's not a point guard at all, but sure. I love Zach Levine. I think that Zach Levine's a great player. I'd love to have Zach Levine. I love him. I, I get the sense that you're not a Zach Levine guy, but you're not an anti Zach Levine guy. Is that? Yeah. 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 Is that fair? I mean, he's, he's an incredible offensive player. There's, there's some, I saw something online over the last couple of weeks about how like he, with, when he had the ball, he was playing alongside like the worst shooting gravity in the league. Basically like, every other guy he was playing with was not a good shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been an excellent shooter on, on volume for years. His past five seasons um, on, on pretty high volume, 37%, 38%, 42%, 39%, 38%. Good foul shooter gets the line decent amount. Like it's, it's really just, he's not like a number one guy, but he wouldn't have to be here. And the defense is really bad. Um, but if you can get at least that that presents shooting gravity, that presents like some one on one stuff. Um, he wouldn't come in and you know it'd still be Embiid's team. I think him and Maxi would be problematic as a backcourt type of thing. But he's athletic. He moves, um, plays above the rim. Still, he's probably only got like a couple years left of that um, before he gets older. But he's still a really good shooter. I mean, if if there's if there's a way to make it work with the Levine trade, I don't think that there is. I think the Bulls probably love him. Um, then I would do it, but it's. Uh, I think it's more likely that you get a a DeRozan type. Although even if you did get Levine, a Maxi Levine defense would be really, really problematic. Um, but then that that would be the like, okay, can Joel clean up the mistakes and stuff again? I don't think Zach Levine is worse than James Harden defensively. I think he tries harder. I think that he might be. Mm. Harden Harden in the playoff Harden regular season is you know he's fully not there, but Harden in the playoffs like ha- had a number of good defensive moments. Um. Number of bad ones too. Sure, but not as I would say. I would say it's pretty close. I would say it's pretty close. Daryl, let us know who you think is worse. You're a friend uh, by first name. Uh, This came from James. Right, streakysanchez at gmail.com. Hey, Spike, Mike, and Daryl. This is mostly for you, Daryl. I'm not interested in holding out for something better in a Harden trade. No need to go through that whole thing again. But I am declaring that if Harden isn't gone by the start of training camp. I will shave my beard in protest and stay clean shaven until he's gone. It's been years since I was clean shaven, but in the same way that Mike protested to get Jaleel Okafor traded, I must make a sacrifice. That's fine. Non-basketball question. Who do you guys think would be more likely to survive in a post-apocalyptic world between the two of you? I don't think either of us would do very well. I think that is a fair assumption. I think you are younger and healthier than I am at this point, which would give you an advantage, I think. I'd probably eat more, though. I'd probably get pretty frail pretty quick. I like you, You've at least subsisted on trees for a pretty long time, and <laughs> I, I don't know that I, would, that I would be able to handle it. Yeah. Uh, basketball question. This counts as a basketball question. Every time Sixers Adam posts an article on Twitter, he always says, quote, brought to you by Process Realtor in a follow-up tweet instead of the original tweet. Is this on purpose or does he always forget? When Sixers Adam posts his articles, he uses every available um, character. character. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's why he follows it up. And by following it up, you're re sort of 
publicizing the original one. So, um, in fact, why don't we do... There we go. Little Vegas mic. Why don't we do a little MLB um, Vegas mic stuff? Would you like that? You're a big, um, big Phillies guy, you know, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. So in the futures, I will tell you that the Braves are the favorite to win the World Series at plus 330. Yeah. On DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sponsor of the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast. Phillies the second best record since start of June. So where, if the, if the Braves are plus 330, what do you think right now that the Phillies World Series winning odds are? Uh, 1,400. They were plus 1,800. Okay. The teams ahead of them, the Dodgers, Dodgers. Astros, the Rays, the Rangers, who just acquired... Max Scherzer, mm-hmm. the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Baltimore Orioles okay. are all are all ahead of the Phillies. But Phillies, that makes them, what, eighth? That feels about right, right? Yeah. Need yeah. a right-handed bat at the deadline. Don't need pitching. I'm good on pitching. Need a right-handed bat. God, the right-handers have been horrendous at the plate lately. The Phillies are the third favorite to win the national league braves at plus 160 dodgers at plus 240 you got to download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use code rtrs new customers score 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly for betting just five dollars on anything that is download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use code rtrs gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER got to be 21 see show notes for details CJ, were, I, I did send you some screenshots. Were you able to find a way? You can. You can put them up. Mike, we got a, a very important email. This comes from Jeff. Mike, this is very important. Spike, Mike, and CJ, longtime listener, pre-MBed being drafted, first-time caller. On the last pod, Mike claimed that he was, quote, an influencer as he suspected Body Bio is using him in their advertising. <laughs> I thought I'd dive in deep to help good. confirm that, knowing there was a good. bit of confusion following the statement about how, whole, how this whole advertising thing works. To set the stage, my background is this. I've worked for 11 years between advertising agencies in Manhattan and Los Angeles. Currently, I reside in Los Angeles and work in promoting theatrical films. I've made decisions and or purchased over $850 million in advertising for brands across the digital and social space in my career. Two points to start off. Keep fighting, Mike. Fuck the C-suite of every studio. Get the money you deserve. Hell yeah. Second point. Mike is currently, unfortunately, not being leveraged in any body bios, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, or TikTok ads. Totally. Which I, leads, I've, not, I've noticed that. Which leads me to believe that he is, quote, not an influencer. Not yet. My process and proof. It's banked, below. though. <laughs> Uh, my process below catalyst. Mike claimed he was a body bio influencer in the Hamburglar pod. <laughs> Two, by assessing each of Meta and TikTok's ad libraries, we were able to see what ads body bio has run over the past 180 days. Limitations. Admittedly, there is limited insight into advertising across other big digital partners like YouTube and Twitter, though organically I've not seen anything from them that includes someone who resembles Mike. <laughs> Results. After a deep dive into the robust ads catalogs, Body Bio has not featured either Mike's name or likeness in any of their ads. No. 
dating back to Q1 across Meta or TikTok, attached are a handful of screenshots from the respective platforms along with a full list of links to their ads within this document. All right, let's see it. (laughs) Okay. So right here, they have all of the ads that they have run. Well, I'm not, I wouldn't be, they didn't do a, any promotional shoots with me. Yes. Yeah, so there's an influencer there. Did they, did you do a video? Cause I do see I just, influencers. I just did a video. Okay. Just a video. <laughs> Sitting in this exact chair. I was like, where should I, should I do it? Some part of my, but oh, okay. There's another video. Yep. Yep. I, I see a, a female brunette. I do not see any mic. No, no me yet. Why they're did saving I, it? They're saving it for sweeps week. I think. <laughs> Why did I, I think I, if I understand advertising that I'm 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 the heavy hitter coming in for sweeps for sweeps? Why did I spend two and a half hours on a Friday doing this when I have deadlines to meet by end of day? Because I believe in holding advertisers accountable. If they told Mike he was going to be an influencer, he deserves the spotlight, and they have explaining to do. Good signed, Coven sympathizer Jeff. I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. They said I said I did one video for for Mike at Body Bio. I said, let me know if you want me to change anything or adjust anything. And he said, no, this is perfect. So either I did it perfectly or it was so bad that it was irredeemable that they had to just fully opt out of the Mike business overall. I'm surprised that there's still a podcast sponsor in that, in that case. <laughs> After the failure yeah. of your influencer video. Yeah. So I we'll find out. It's either one or the other. There's no, or I'm saving for sweeps. I'm, I think I'm being saved for sweeps. Yeah, I like that better. This comes from Jeremy. Uh, right, Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Spike Mike CJ, the discussion of the last few pods has largely resolved around the fact that death by a thousand cuts of the past few seasons has finally left Maury with only bad options to choose from. Trade Harden to past the Clippers. Few pods, past few fucking years. Years, yeah. Trade Harden to the Clippers for a diminished return, package Maxi and Tobias for an expensive star, let Harden and Tobias expire for cap space or the unthinkable, trade Embiid and start over. Each time this discussion comes up, I'm reminded of one of the more memorable lines from Sam Hinkie's resignation letter. Quote, the NBA can be a league of desperation, those that are in it and those that can avoid it. So many find themselves caught in the zugzwang to the point that the game were all (laughs) the point in the game where all possible moves make you worse off. Your positioning is now the opposite of that when Hinky left. We had the process era, we had the post-process era, and I think we're officially in the Zugzwang era. In other wow. words, the opposite of optionality. The cycle begins again. Thanks for 10 great years of the pod. The Zugzwang era. Here we are. It is possible. It's really sick stuff to, re- to recall this. It is, but he might be... Th- He's not wrong, but yeah. it's just to remember this exact quote. It makes me think of this thing. It's like, oh boy. Yeah, you you're in too deep. He's person. You, are you, is he in deeper than the guy that did the investigation about whether you're? An yes. Or yes. Absolutely. <laughs> it it does speak to the importance of what happens with the Harden trade. It really does because, that, and that's is, why I don't want to trade him for role players. Yes, and 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 by the way, that is why it's why he has to wait because it is possible. Now, who knows? All the waiting in the world may not make the return for James Harden any better. It might just be what it is. But in that world, we could be in the Zugzwang where all moves make you worse off. Well, it's a, it's a weird thing because like you, 
you have to, they need to trade Tobias and Harden, maybe PJ, for like some role players that are bouncier and all that stuff that I already said. And then the one, one of like a near star that could be in the middle there. We've, we've talked about this, but like the Clippers are one of the teams that would want a Tobias type player as far as he's, you know, very available. He's uh, reliably there. He plays hard. Like, I think they are frustrated by the, he doesn't play that hard. He plays somewhat hard, but like with, when you have a Kawhi and Paul George and they're not there, I think that, Ty Lue is so deeply and visibly frustrated and maybe that like he they didn't extend Ty Lue as a coach so maybe there's like organizational you know friction there but having a guy like Tobias who can step up or step down um, as far as a role goes when one or both of those guys are out I think is compelling to them but you're obviously not going to trade Tobias to the Clippers before you trade Harden somewhere else and I think that he's the best fit there there's a couple of tobias spots we, we went through them earlier in this offseason um every offseason every offseason uh indiana is still one if that if that buddy heel trade becomes available whatever but the other stuff has to happen for like the clippers probably want harden more than they want tobias right so yes. but they're not gonna so they're not gonna go like okay we're gonna do this tobias trade with the same team right um so you kind of got to resolve the dame thing has to resolve itself then the harden and tobias stuff can resolve itself um and that's why it feels like like Harden to Chicago feels nice and Tobias to the Clippers feels nice in a way. Or whether Harden to Chicago, Harden to Toronto. Who knows if they want to learn all that stuff. We truly have no idea what Toronto's doing. But that that's why it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me like that. And so that's why you can get the role players that you need to help compete and you can get a near type star person to be in between Maxi and Embiid that is hopefully less of a zero on, on defense. So even if your offense takes a slight step back because of how good Harden is as a distributor, then your defense can make up for that, for that loss and Maxi's improvement and Nick nurse's general creativity. Hi, it, it, it is, it, it's a, a bummer that we're mired in this because I would like to be excited about Nick Nurse for more than a week. You know, yeah, the Nick Nurse thing was exciting for a week. It's new. It's like an, a whole new thing. It's the first time, you know, we've been stuck in Doc Rivers land for three years. It was kind of exciting to have the Nick Nurse thing. So it will be. I think we just once we're allowed to look at the roster. Is yeah. there a date that we could start looking? Is September? You might want to ask. Daryl Morey, who is the president of basketball hmm. operations for the Sixers. I, I don't look. When can I, we look? I, I say by his full name because I, I don't want to insinuate that he is friend and we're being yeah. nice to him. For, well, coach. I call him coach. Coach. <laughs> 833 Lickface is the voicemail number. Hey, Spike, Mike, and CJ. Just real quick about the airplane and taking a shit. There's a real, it's an awful thing to have to do, but there's a real quick way around it. Just when you wake up in the morning, most people take a shit in the morning, I think. After that's over, just take a modium. It's just such a load off. You don't have to work. It just it clogs you up for like at least 12 hours. You just eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want. You don't have to worry about taking a shit on the plane. I mean, like, it's just awful. And the second point I wanted to make is an experience I had with shitting on a plane. I was actually on an airplane three weeks ago on a family vacation. And I went to the you know front of the main section just to go pee, and I the green light was on, so I slide the door open, and there's a lady in there, you know, probably like fifties, you know, pretty large woman. 
just taking a shit, like just sitting there. I, as soon as I open the door, she's making this, has a look on her face where she's like, like, Ugh. so you tell she's pushing the turd out right then. So like I froze for a second and I just slammed it shut. The flight attendant's like right next to me. She's just laughing. She's like, I guess you forgot to lock the door. And I'm like, yeah. So I just had to stand there and wait. I really had a pee bed and she didn't, she came out like five minutes later, but it's just, it's an awful experience, man. Just opening the door to see somebody taking a shit like that. And she's pushing it. And she's like, Ugh, and I had to go in there like right after it. And yeah, it smelled. All right. Thanks guys. Unpleasant. Unpleasant. The all plane experiences are deeply unpleasant. And it's so small. They're just giving you no so space small. whatsoever. And you just have to like, you know, touch, touch, touch chests with someone that you, you just can smell their shit. It's not, it's not good at all. I do the emodium stuff for sure. When I, uh, when I need to, that. if I need to I've do like a, if I, if I need to like, if I have like an early morning drive far or something like that or something that I'm, I know I'm going to be at, like absolutely have a modium by for sure. It just makes it so much easier. My it's favorite a, it's thing. definitely a break glass type situation. My favorite thing. She opens the door, which is, but having to look at her again after she left the bathroom, like, it's, yeah, it's anybody. That's the whole deal. But isn't okay? You, there should uh, be a we, second floor, <laughs> which is the bathroom. where you can just sort of like drop to the ground and then come back up. So there doesn't have to. There's one. You know what is frustrating when they do the like, hey, you're now free to move about the cabin. Fucking where? <laughs> where are we moving about the cabin? Oh, thank you so much. I get to move about the cabin now. I'll go for a stroll. There's one row and nowhere to stand. It's it's incredibly unpleasant. They they give you like, oh, here you go. Let me give you, I'm the pilot. I'm gonna give you a little treat. Move about the cabin. Go ahead. <laughs> What's bullshit? Give me a better treat. Give me a, like expand the plane then. If you're gonna goddamn tell me to move about the cabin, I'll take a walk then. What would be does. nice? What would be nice at that point? You can, if you've been holding in a fart, let it go. Like what would be the the thing that is realistic at that point? Probably nothing, right? I mean, in a normal plane. I mean, yeah, it's not the pi- the pilots are not the ones constricting the plane and and shrinking it down into you know barely human levels. Um, so, but if he'd said, "Here's you know everybody gets twenty bucks for how annoying this is," I'd be like, <laughs> okay. So I turn the twenty you, bucks button on. Let me ask you about this voicemail. Just one thing: Don't you think it would have been <sighs> proper? This guy opens the door. He sees her face. She sees him. It's a terrible experience for her. Doesn't he have to go and s- sit down and not wait by the bathroom at that point just to not further embarrass her? To like let her get back to her seat without facing the man that looked at her shitting? For sure. I think you could go to the other, you know, the back of the plane might be an honorable way, but, you know, then you have to, the people that saw it then are seeing you do that. It's, the fact that everyone's watching all the time, yeah, is just you're on you're on display. And so I th- I see I hear how that could be uh, a kind gesture, but it's also like, what? What about everybody else that's watching you see do that? Then they're like snickering as like you're like yeah you probably saw that lady shit right, and then you're talking to them like I don't, it's not good for anybody. Everybody's unhappy. Mike, I assume if you could look at the document for a second, I have just highlighted an email that I assume you don't want me to read, but I don't know if you don't want me to read it. Uh, no, this is fine. Okay. All right. Well, it's just sensitive about, you know, privacy or whatever. So, okay. From John, I grew up in Bucks County. 
went to Temple and then moved out to Denver. My wife and I are expecting our first child, a boy in October, and I'm seriously thinking about finding a way to make sure he isn't a Sixers fan. It would be better for his mental health if he just rooted for a different team. My non-Sixers basketball question, Mike, does Alyssa play in the same league as the Pistol Shrimps? Yes. Okay. We got this. We got we got this question a lot. People well, did so someone, some someone investigating. A, a friend of ours sent us the Ricky Reddit asking this question, and yes. Alyssa created a Reddit account to respond to this question. <laughs> <laughs> it's her first Reddit comment, and she said yes. Okay, I didn't know. All right, I was just yeah. trying to. If you didn't, so the Pistol Shrimps, they it's the league that's is the Aubrey Aubrey Plaza. Plaza. That's the Albert Plaza team. Yeah, there was a documentary yeah. about it a couple of years ago. Bef- the documentary came out before. Alyssa was on this team and uh, in the documentary, they, they're like, we get to the championship and then they lose the championship, which is not like really highlighted in the documentary. They lose to Alyssa's team, but she's not on the team yet. Oh, um, got it, got it, got it. The team that I, that I coach that she's on. Um, so yeah, they're in, they're in the same division as us, but because we won the championship this past year, we are getting bumped up and they are not. Oh, wow. So yeah. they're being like relegated like happens in- more we're we're relegated up i guess okay I don't know what the we got we got we're up there so now yeah but there's been uh there's been some pistol shrimps are there's like i don't there's some there's some scrappiness there there's been some um mm, uh, a rivalry a little bit of a rivalry yeah a little bit of a talking shit you know someone threw an elbow hurt our friend yeah. Alyssa talk shit back white lotus fucking sucks well, she's not on the team. She's not yeah, on the team. Yeah, I know, I know. But they do have, there's a couple of guys that do a podcast of it <laughs> during, during the, their team games, which is, and it's like, they're, I think the bit is that they don't know anything about basketball. So they're just saying stuff. It's like a very like improv UCB mm-hmm. type of vibe. Not necessarily my style, uh, but we did beat them by a, a whole lot when we played them recently. Non-basketball question. What should we name our baby? Like any ideas? Um, boy, I, did he give us anything to go on? Lives in Denver. Lives in Denver. Doesn't want to be a Sixers fan. Yeah. Um, I think then I would go Josh Harris. (laughs) Joshua Harris. My middle name is Harris. It's a beautiful middle name. (laughs) I think Josh Harris is the most non-Sixers thing you can name your kid. That is an incredible answer, and I do not even want to respond. 833-LICKFACE. The reason I'm calling is because there's all of this buzz about Maury not having that deal on the table. Listen, Sixers Adam nailed it on the head. He was absolutely available. Absolutely. There's no way that you can say that Zabonis at the time, and I love Zabonis, he's a great player, was more valuable than Ben Simmons. Like, listen, Simmons sucks. We all know this. He is what he is. I don't want to use profanity right now, but the guy isn't what we thought he was. He is not who we thought he was. Sabonis, listen, like he was not Ben Simmons a couple of years ago when Simmons was 23, best defender in the league, whatever you want to say about him. It's a different story. So I don't want to hear any more scrutiny about whatever we could have gotten for Simmons. I get that Harden was the deal at the time, but Halliburton was available. We didn't take him. And that sucks. And guess what, guys? What do we do now? We're stuck with this guy. He's uncomfortable. We're uncomfortable. Everyone's uncomfortable. And you know what? It's our own fault. It really is. I mean, can't we admit it after some time? 
I get we were right. We were right. But hey, we were also very, very wrong. I don't really have a question. I just, I'm calling in to rant because I'm upset. It's 2.43 in the morning here in Dallas. I'm not happy. I'm listening to this podcast and I'm upset. You want to know why? Because it's about the Sixers. Love you guys. I challenge the idea that Ben Simmons was more valuable than uh, John Sabonis at the time of the trade. Oh, I think it's undeniably true. The only argument is that it's because Simmons is like sat out after the Hawks series. But yes. like, if you, if you if that is a part of it, that makes it like Simmons was definitely thought of as more valuable than Sabonis prior to that. Sabonis was in like that. the Sabonis return. And then after that, I would say it's pretty close to even would be my say. I would say prior to the Hawks series, it's, uh, I would say undeniably true Simmons for sure. And then afterwards, I think it's probably about even, um, because of, you know, I mean, it was Sabonis or Turner. The, people didn't think Sabonis could play the five. He still, he didn't have much of a jump shot. Like it was, they were Sabonis and Turner was the, like, you know, when will John Collins ever be traded of like those two years? And so I think it's pretty, it, it was, I was surprised on a Kings level that they moved Halliburton for Sabonis. I was obviously a big Halliburton guy. Sabonis has worked out way better for them than I would have guessed. Um, but I think that had they traded Halliburton for Simmons or had the Sixers, you know, traded Sabonis for Simmons or whatever, it wouldn't have been like, wow, what a crazy wrong valuation of those guys. It would have, they were all about the same. I would say I, obviously it's impossible to parse this for sure. But I, I also don't believe that it was even in that there was a, my, my supposition, but who knows what it was, what is true. There was never, I don't think you can minimize. There was never a chance that Sabonis was going to play basketball, but there was a chance that Ben Simmons wouldn't. And I think it was a realistic chance. And I was not the only person saying this guy's not going to play. So if you're the Kings, and you are coming off of two decades of dysfunction, I, I could understand a, a way in which they would feel more comfortable trading for Sabonis than Ben Simmons at the time, is all I would say. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think that you were pretty alone in saying he'd never play again at that point. Mm -hmm. After he went to Brooklyn and then... Okay the weirdness of that stuff happened longer and longer Then it became more of a popular thing. But I think just after the Hawk series and him sitting, I don't think people thought, I think it was, it was just like, you know, people had criticisms for him, obviously, but I didn't think one of the criticisms was he doesn't ever want to play basketball again. That was mostly you. And it, it seems like it, it, it is, Possible. Yeah, it's been true. It's been proven yeah. to be closer to reality. He's yeah, certainly played would. some and has yeah. looked bad, um, and you know, devolved further into it, the worst version of himself and all. I don't know if you've seen his Instagram videos, but he's uh, <laughs> in shape and he's okay. sweating and he's shooting. Have you noticed? Have you I seen? haven't noticed. I think being in shape and having a shirt on or off has not mm. been necessarily my issue with Ben mm. um, as a player. You might need to get your priorities in line. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Final email. This comes from Garrett. 
right? Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Hi, Spike Bag and CJ. Sixers question. Seeing as it's the offseason and we're not allowed to look at the lineup, I don't have a specific question, but I assume the Sixers have done something inconceivably dumb by the time you read this. So I guess my question is, wait, why? What the fuck? Non-Sixers question. I've started going to the gym again to get into some type of shape. The YMCA I go to has a basketball court. And before I work out, I'll shoot around for like 30 minutes. And it's normally early enough that I have to, that I have the gym to myself. There are a few pickup games that happen at the gym and nearby parks that I haven't played in, but I know some people who have my question for everyone, but especially player coach Mike is what is the minimum basketball skill level someone should be before jumping into a random pickup game? I don't want to be annoying to the other people playing. I don't want to have the worst. I don't want anyone to have the worst day at their job, but would like to get into some games. Mike? I mean, I think you got to be able to. I don't play much just like random pickup basketball. I don't. I like having a shared uh, purpose. I play like this. I don't play like that. When I play, I'm pretty intense. I playing basketball. Mike playing basketball. I'm in my prime. Honestly, sign me. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm about to go play basketball now. I just put my socks on during that question. Um, but when what you play with the- when you play with like randoms, I think you just got to be you got to be like at least a little bit of in shape, at least a you got to be at least either in shape and you're trying hard and passing or you got to be able to like hit some shots off the catch and not like look embarrassing on defense. I don't think you have to be great to play in like a random pickup game. You just have to don't like hoist bullshit and be at least, you know, watch a game and be like, okay, I can at least keep up. That's all you got to be able to do. Yeah. I think that's a good way of describing it. You need to need to have a basic have normal basic skill sets, but I think probably most importantly, an understanding of what that skill set is and playing within it is probably as important as anything. Yeah. And if you stink, try really hard. Be the annoying person that hustles for every rebound and plays defense too hard. Be that person. All right. Well, we're not allowed to look at the lineup and nope. we're not allowed to criticize the general manager and we've got to call him by his first name. Can't do anything. So I'm going to go play basketball and then I'm going to go to a Sparks Liberty game because there's no off season for me, Spike. There's no off season for me. We will talk to you. Oh, I got to do schedule for August. I can't believe it's fucking August. Wow. Unbelievable. We will talk to you next time. I play like this. I don't play like that. Are you done with TTP? Yeah. You know, like this. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I, 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 I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing.